Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's Ben here. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm thrilled and delighted today to be joined by Nigel Cliff. Nigel is a LinkedIn expert at Value Exchange. So, hello, Nigel. Thanks for joining me. Good morning, Ben. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm delighted and thrilled, I believe I just said. So, anyway, you can tell I probably need a cup of coffee. It's good That's to have fine. you. That, I'm thrilled too. Let's <laughs> <laughs> Great. Why don't we jump straight in, if that's okay? Of course, yeah, please yeah. do. All right, so can you just give us a little bit about your background uh, and how you got to this point with your business? So who do you help and how do you do it? Sure, thanks for asking. Um, who do I help? It's I guess it's mainly corporate organizations that I do uh, LinkedIn training for, um, but I also do work for professional service firms, uh, institutes, uh, educational establishments, universities in the UK in particular, charities, and, and even the UK central government on occasion. So quite a, a wide portfolio of, of clients that I serve. How did I get into it? Well, uh, my background is marketing, particularly around the areas of technology. So I set up my, my first business in 97, uh, which was a web development business, and people said it would never catch on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and up until as recently as uh, 2017, uh, I ran a web development and software business, which I then sold. Um, and um, uh, and I guess the area how I've ended up in this place was that my area of expertise was pretty much around that focus of lead generation in the world of B2B. Um, and I found myself using LinkedIn in a way that was very helpful to clients as long ago as sort of eight, ten years ago. And, and I guess this thing sort of crept up on me uh, in the sense that when I was having the results I was having, uh, clients were asking me if I could come and sort of train other people on the on the back of the, the success we'd had. Great. And in the beginning, that was like, well, this is different. <laughs> um, but one thing led to another. I eventually set it, set it up as a separate brand um, and now work exclusively on training and consulting. And I have to say, I absolutely love it. I don't want to generalize here, Nigel, but in my experience, web developers typically don't go on to become corporate trainers. So this is a bold new step for you. Uh, yeah, it kind of was. I've kind of always been a little bit out there in terms of uh, enjoying presenting and being on the stage. So uh, that, wasn't, that, that wasn't difficult for me and remains something I really enjoy. But yeah, it was an unusual step, but it was really this focus of lead generation yeah. um, and, and finding that other people through my lens just seemed not to be using LinkedIn in a manner which was appropriate for that lead generation piece, building relationships. And uh, yeah, it was kind of an interesting step and uh, I enjoyed it so much I decided to effectively uh, offload the other interests that I have and concentrate on this since about 2013. That's great. And I can, uh, I concur that you do have a, a personality that encourages people to learn and you enjoy the training because I remember seeing you on LinkedIn where it was a little video you posted. I think you were at a, some sort of business conference and you were <laughs> out the back with the exhibitors. I better not speak of exactly which the conference was, but I, I, I wasn't having much success standing on my little uh, pop-up <laughs> stand. Uh, so I decided to do a presentation sort of on the fly to the people who are in the, uh, in the audience around me. And uh, yeah, oh, it did. Brilliant. It did five minutes and I think I, I think I actually amassed twenty seven and a half thousand views on 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 LinkedIn of that wow. video which I hadn't I hadn't, I hadn't even intended to do about before so so it's a funny old world isn't it this, sure this LinkedIn is. thing you you can um, you can make so much effort to to do something that you think is gonna have a, a life and activity and engagement and nothing happens and then something 
perhaps more off the cuff can be really successful. So uh, yeah. we live in interesting times in that regard, I think. Sure, yeah, we do indeed. What do you think people get wrong on LinkedIn? Yeah, I think the thing that people are getting wrong in for the most part is actually selling. LinkedIn is not the place to sell. Um, it's a place to nurture to obviously to find the target audience you're interested in um to to nurture that relationship and and get to a point where you're able to take that relationship off linkedin and and develop it in in a different way so i think that the biggest mistake that people make uh in in their activity and and strategy around linkedin and we all experience it as soon as we see an invitation for somebody who looks like their profile is going to pitch at us uh, we're out of there. We don't want to know. So I think that the biggest mistake that people uh, is, is actually trying to sell. And I guess the other thing that largely most people make the mistake of is simply not engaging. Um, many people have a profile, good or bad, but they simply don't engage. They may lurk. They may, uh, you know, look in on what's happening. But, you know, the difference between success and failure on LinkedIn is, is that engagement piece. Absolutely. So LinkedIn is not for selling. It's for establishing relationships. I've Exactly, exactly that. taking notes here. Uh, you mentioned profile. So how does an HR consultant or an HR tech business leader build a great LinkedIn profile? Um, I think the, the question I often ask people, if I can reverse that, is are you, are you proud of your profile? Um, and sometimes I ask an audience that, and, and I said, you know, put, put your hands up if you're proud of your LinkedIn profile. And you know what? Typically 5% to 15% <laughs> of an audience will actually keep their hands up at the question, are you proud of your profile? And that astonishes me. It's, did you get dressed in a manner this morning that you've been working or presenting yourself or introducing yourself on your business? And of course, everybody would answer 100% to that. They all dress correctly when they leave the hut, wouldn't leave the house. <laughs> so what happens, what happens in the brain when actually they're setting up a profile where people are more likely to meet them online before they do in person and yet, they're not proud of that profile. So that's the general ask. There are ways in which you can improve that profile. You know, have a great profile picture, uh, have, a, have a great headline, um, use a background uh, picture in your, you know, make it clear what, what you can do for people. Um, and I think those are the elements that really um, make a good profile and, and HR consoles in particular, it kind of, I mean, don't you have an obligation to do that well? <laughs> uh, you know, you're there trying to influence people, attract people to your organization. Um, and it's just staggering how many times I look at profiles and, the, and they're simply, in my mind, so below par for what they're meant to be doing. Um, you know, there's a, whole, there's a whole list of things I could give you for uh, how to improve a profile. But those, that's just my view of it. Are you proud of it? And if you're not, get in there and sort it out. That is such a good question. Are you proud of your LinkedIn profile? That's, I think, one for everyone listening to, to take away and, and ponder. Nigel, I get asked a lot by people about how to find the ideal clients for the business. So can you explain how to use advanced search to identify decision makers and influencers? Yeah, sure. Um, what I find is that very, very few people actually use that function uh, well at all and, and have probably never even gone there. But it's that little area at the top of the page on the left-hand side uh, when you're logged into LinkedIn, particularly if you're using the desktop. I, I, I suggest you use the desktop for this process. Mm -hmm. Just start typing in the words and phrases, perhaps a job title, um, perhaps a qualification of the kind of 
people that you're interested in finding. And at the very first phase of this, just, just simply add a few words in uh, and then use the filters that are afforded you even on a free account to allow you to drill down into tighter information such as geography, um, such as, you know, so, so the location is obviously a part of that. Perhaps the, um, the job title um, or the type of industry will come up. And whilst some of the Boolean operators are effective in, in that area of search, some are not. So uh, one little tip I, I, I happily give, give you guys is um, actually why not search for LinkedIn content through the lens of Google? Now, let me explain how this works. So irrespective of the uh, LinkedIn account that we have, be it basic, premium, or sales navigator, uh, pretty much everyone has access to a, a search engine such as, as Google, for example. Mm. Um, and you can actually search through Google for things on LinkedIn. So let me give you this. Obviously, a little bit awkward to give you in a, in a, um, a podcast, but let me, let, me, let me read out the, uh, the URL that you might type into a Google browser. It will be oh, yeah. site, S-I-T-E, colon, with a space, then linkedin.com forward slash IN. And then your listeners, I'm sure, will understand the Google operator and in caps. And then just add the word after that that you're interested in. So what we'd see in the search bar would be site call on linkedin.com forward slash and forward slash in. And for example, uh, marketing director um, uh, and uh, electronics industry or pharmaceuticals nice. or, uh, or London. Uh, so we can be really creative with the use of our additional words when we're using it in the Google format, using the Boolean operators. Uh, so we can really drill down to quite sensitive, useful information. Um, and I'll just give you a little further tip. Sometimes we're trying to find people who are difficult to find mm. and... What I try and look for is a, is a category or a feature of the vocabulary that a certain type of person might use in their job role. Uh, acronyms are a good one here, um, or a particular uh, qualification. And then we can reverse engineer the search to find people who also have that information uh, in, in their uh, profile by reverse engineering some particular vocabulary that, that it relates to people who have those skills or qualifications or who work in the industry sector etc so um, so yes LinkedIn's advanced search bar is powerful but I, I often if I almost always mix that with a strategy to use Google boolean search operators at the same time uh, and it does allow me to drill down some really really interesting and often uh, information which you wouldn't have found necessarily in any other way. That is brilliant. Nigel, can I get that link off you and I'll put that into the show notes so that people can refer to it later? Of course, absolutely. No oh, problem at all. Thank you. That's really good. What's your advice on how to make connections and manage invitations? You mentioned earlier that LinkedIn is not for selling. It's more around the engagement, the relationship building. Some people will have profiles that quite clearly they're offering a service to that business or to that employer, let's say. How should people manage uh, the connections and invitation side of things? Okay, let's deal with the, uh, the reaching out to connect with somebody first. Um, if I really want to add a connection to my trusted network, as I call it, then I believe it deserves the respect of sending them a personalized message. Um, I never just click the connect button and leave it at that. I, I figure I'm going to have a lot more success in my um, connection rate, shall we say, if I simply send a personalized message explaining to a person why I'd like to connect with them. Uh, you've got a limited set of character lengths in that field, so you've got to make it short and sweet. But just the very fact that you do that differentiates you from 
the rest of the people who don't by a country mile. So I would always advise um, sending that message and, and giving the person a reason why I'd like to connect. And it, and it, you know, it's not, again, not selling here. This is, hey, notice something you shared around LinkedIn recently. Um, I'd love to connect to, to share useful stuff around our industry. Uh, can regards Nigel I've probably had my telephone number and my email address in there at the same time so if they wanted to get back in touch with me through other means than LinkedIn they've got that option so personalizing messages for me is, is, is a real differentiator connecting or accepting connection requests um, I, I could dig deep on this but let me give you top line I believe that my network uh, of connections is extremely valuable to me and therefore, to be frank, I don't let people into that network randomly. I, I vet very carefully every single request I have to make sure that, that it's a, a, a profile that seems to be relevant, that seems to be, um, well, I use the expression that either can add value to my life or I can add value to theirs. Mm. And, if, and if the connection that I'm looking at meets that criteria, then I'll be delighted to connect with them. Um, so... And, and I have to say that there are a lot of fake profiles on LinkedIn. And, and in these days of uh, cyber crime, um, you know, why would I want to let somebody into my network who might not have the right objectives? And therefore, you know, just taking a little bit more time to carefully vet the connection requests uh, is, is a good thing. Because I, I, I strongly believe that our network should be built on quality and not quantity. So for me, it's not a case of amassing tens of thousands of connections. It, it's about actually building a network of a trusted community around us that will you know, add value to our lives over the years to come. So quality over quantity every day of the week. Check your requests carefully uh, and make sure that you know, the criteria is met, that they're going to add some value to you or you to them. And, uh, and frankly, that they fit the strategy you have for getting the best out of LinkedIn. Right. That makes perfect sense. And I imagine that over time, LinkedIn's algorithms and all the fancy AI that they've probably got running in the background, eventually they will look at connection interaction percentages and things like that. So if you've got thousands and thousands of connections, but you never have any interactions or people don't engage with you, that perhaps fewer will see it. It's possible that it'll go down like the same path that Facebook did. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, an, that's another part of the algorithmic sort of uh, calculation that I'm sure goes on. If I've got 30,000 connections, which would be LinkedIn's uh, ceiling, then you know, how does LinkedIn's algorithms know which of those connections to send it to? And, and the likelihood is that actually none of the connections I would really like to influence have possibly seen my content. Uh -huh. So if you've restricted your connected network to those people who are relevant and valuable, then you know, mathematics would suggest that there's a higher percentage chance of the right people getting to see that content. That's just one of the algorithmic sort of uh, uh, functions here. There are a lot more others besides that in, in terms of relevancy, in terms of the time, in terms of the, the content, in terms of use of hashtags, uh, all sorts of other impactful things around the algorithmic sort of uh, reach of your content. But, but I do believe that having too broad a network will not help your case um, you know, on, on, as part of a strategy. That's yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. And I do want to pull you up on one thing. I don't think your filtering system has worked entirely right because you let me into your connections. So something fell through the cracks there. Yeah, but I, to, I really had to consider that very deeply. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so 
you were saying earlier about it, LinkedIn is not for selling, it's around engagement, relationship building, uh, and it's more for later taking that offline or, or developing a business relationship in a different way. How can consultants and HR tech businesses do that? How do you nurture the relationship and how do you take it across the line to the point where you can talk sales or business development? I think uh, there is a... There is a process, uh, and it would be difficult for me to articulate the process uh, here in a, in a few seconds. But sure. it's one of gently nurturing that relationship through through phases. So the worst thing to do when making a connection with somebody is then to hit them just because they've accepted the connection request with your your sales pitch. Mm. Oh, thanks for connecting. I want to tell you about my da da da. da uh, you know, read my new blog. Come and visit my website. We've got this two for one offer. Do you know what? I'm not ready for that approach. So the, the the way I would do it and recommend people do it is just begin a gentle engagement with that person. Perhaps go and find content that they're engaging with or they're posting and, and you know, find a way to interact with uh, the, the conversation they're having around their content. Um, look at their profile occasionally on a, on a planned basis so that I, I, I use an expression, what I want to be is in a person's digital peripheral vision. So I, I want to be sort of slowly creeping up at them if that doesn't sound too creepy as hell, <laughs> yeah. uh, in a way that i'm just oh this person's kind of around me and they just feel comfortable there's nothing yeah. there's you know everything is going along at a pace that's appropriate to the development of that relationship uh, and at some point that person might look back at your profile for example well that would be a key moment at which you might therefore feel it's appropriate to say to send somebody a message and it might go something like this uh Look, I really enjoy having you as a connection. I've enjoyed some of your content. Um, it would be lovely to get to know you a little bit more than the click of a, a hello button on LinkedIn. Would you have 10 minutes for a virtual coffee? <laughs> wow. Now, that's really powerful. A virtual coffee is, is no more or no less than a 10-minute conversation with somebody on a phone, but done in a manner which is non-threatening. I, I, I don't want to sell you anything. I'm not pitching to you. Yeah, I just like to get to know you. And at that point, the person will have likely built up enough trust and belief in your profile but what a great thing to have validated the benefit for that meet real meeting by having a virtual coffee ahead of that so it's a it's a gentle nurturing of a relationship to a point where we both feel comfortable at the time is right you've got something uh, i can help you with the problem i can solve um and therefore that's how the, that, the relationship developed so you shouldn't go onto LinkedIn believing it's quick wins. I mean, sometimes that happens. It's sometimes extraordinary how 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 you know serendipity works. But I, you know, you should be taking a long-term approach to developing relationships. Trust is not built in an instant, and you really do need to 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 work at this trust-building exercise, which can take many months, sometimes years. But if you're developing that trust uh, along the basis of having a good strategy and you're doing it with people who could really make a difference to your lives by being the right kind of clients, then isn't that worth the time and effort to, to nurture the right relationships over believing that you can have 20,000 connections and, and they're all going to be your customers, which is frankly ridiculous. Yeah. So I just figure that a, a greatest amount of time spent on building quality relationships will always have it over the sort of reverse strategy which we often see and that's i'm going to connect with everybody i'm going to send as much stuff as i can out there on the belief that some of it will stick I'd, i think the world has moved on marketing particularly around linkedin and relationships has become much more personal 
Um, and I think people who spend the time affording a strategy around that personal stuff will have a, um, a much better long-term outcome, but successful outcome than what has been typically been done in the past. Yes, I really like that. That's great advice. So everyone listening, make sure you're following up on that because that's a brilliant approach. So Nigel, turning now to content and what to post on LinkedIn, what's your advice? Because I think people are probably concerned that they are seeing more and more videos posted on LinkedIn and do I need to have one of those wobbly camera videos where I'm talking to camera and stuff? I personally don't do that because I'm not comfortable or I, I have a face for radio or podcasts. What's your <laughs> advice on what to post on LinkedIn? Yeah, unfortunately, whether, whether we like it or not, for the time being, LinkedIn uh, and video is really powerful. So if, if you have the confidence uh, with, a, with a, a, only a tiny bit of technical skill, um, I, I have to say that the evidence of everything and that people do around video merits reward. So that might, the algorithms may change that over time uh, when videos, you know, when, when the sort of the, uh, the excitement's gone and, and they become more mainstream, then that might change. But for the time being, just getting to produce videos on LinkedIn is, re- is really, really valuable. But be- behind that sits uh, a different question. Um, you know, w- what should we post on LinkedIn? Well, we really just need to post on LinkedIn content that's going to add value or is going to provide something of an answer to the questions or challenges that people face. So you may think it's, it's easy for me as a, as a LinkedIn sort of trainer and consultant to, to constantly come up with new things that are going to add value. Because if you're learning about LinkedIn, I've got an audience there. And if I share something on LinkedIn that people don't know, I've got an instant audience for it. But actually, that's true of any business because that you have clients in whatever you do uh, that are out there looking for solutions to problems. And it's not difficult to find ways of engaging with the knowledge that you have and imparting that knowledge to an audience and giving advice and sharing of what you know, you know, and, and, and attracting there for an audience who's, who's, thirsty to know the answer to those questions Uh, so i haven't found a a niche of industry or commerce or education yet that cannot take that approach to to finding a way to add value to their audience by sharing knowledge and 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 useful advice um into and and often if they can storify that as well so storytelling is really important so we're we're well beyond the sort of the uh, strategy of facts and figures wherever we can tell a story around a product or a service uh, and put it into sort of real a real life scenario it has much more impact so mm-hmm. that's what i would be concentrating on uh, you know f- finding content that's relevant to your audience that's that's providing the answers to questions that they're likely to be asking uh, and that that will begin to form that engagement that's really good yeah i agree All right, we're moving to the end now. So can you recommend any websites, blogs, podcasts, books, et cetera, that would help uh, an HR consultancy or an HR tech business grow? What I've found so powerful uh, in recent times is is starting out with that question, why? Uh, People often jump into the what and the when and the how. Uh, but starting with the why is, 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 is often a good place to start. And, and in that regard, you, 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 if you haven't already, mm. it would be a great idea to go and look, look up a guy called Simon Sinek. Uh, he's got a book called Start With Why. So if in terms of a book to stimulate uh, the sense of where we begin on this journey, then, then I can recommend nothing less than, than, than having a look at Simon's book. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure many of your listeners will have, uh, will have come across it already. Uh, I think... If we can get to the essence of why we why we do something, uh, it often 
it's much more powerful than what we do and how we do it and who we do it for. Uh, I noticed the kind of questions you asked me at the beginning, uh, you know, were about the, the, the what's as opposed yeah. to the why. Uh, my, my why is uh, I change people's lives on LinkedIn. That's my why, and it's a very, very powerful place to be. Uh, you know, people can have incredible career changes. They can take their their client pipeline portfolio to something they've never reached before. That I can put somebody into the world of a charitable mental health uh, into a place where they're attracting audiences that they would have only dreamed of. So, and in that regard, across a variety of industries and sectors, my why is well, I can change people's lives as a consequence of what I do. Longer, long answer to the question. I know there, Ben, but but the point is, if you can get the why across, it often actually is bigger than the rest of all those other questions so simon's yeah. a good place to start with that yeah i love that and i imagine that a lot of hr consultants lnd consultants etc or hr tech businesses sometimes can get a bit fixated on what the end service or product does so it's an employee engagement tool or it's reward and benefits uh, modeling or whatever but after that or behind all of that there's an ultimate purpose a why and it's to create happier employees or a, a place where everything is just humming and, and absolutely. It's, it's, it, hits the roof. It, it, yeah. it, I think the next level of this on, and we, we begin to see signs of it are it, it's particularly for the new generations of employees uh, coming out of university. It, it's increasingly more about culture and ethical values yeah. than it is necessarily about, about the paycheck. Um, I think we're, we're all noticing a, a, you know, an increased um, attention to things like the climate and the environment. Um, so I think to be more sensitive around those issues uh, you know, is, is becoming much higher on the agenda for many people. Yeah, definitely. That's great. All right. You've shared so much amazing information with us today and it's, I re, I'm really appreciative of that. So thank you very much. What if people want to learn more about you and your services and potentially work with you, what should they do next? It's kind of you to ask. My website really delivers all that you might need to know and that's linkedintraining.co.uk. And at the very worst, you could just type Nigel Cliff into Google and see what you find. <laughs> so hopefully you'll see me all over, all over there. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm all over LinkedIn like a rash, as you might imagine. Uh, and, uh, and LinkedIn training is, is where you can find out a great deal more about me. And thanks again for that. Right. Thanks a lot, Nigel. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.